Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry, along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. Our eternal salvation is by grace through faith. Once we have been born of God, we can never be unborn and lose our status as regenerated ones. But there is the matter of reward and or discipline. The book of Romans has been called the fifth gospel or the gospel of God, and at its consummation it beautifully depicts the tender and intimate church life that satisfies both God and men. This is our subject in today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of Christ for over 70 years, opened these marvelous Life Study messages of Romans in the 1970s but the speaking is as fresh today as when it was first uttered. And with us again today for this exploration is Ron Kankas. I always enjoy exploring afresh the marvelous revelation in God's Word. Ron, the book of Romans, as we have been seeing, is divided into five basic sections of justification, sanctification, glorification, plus selection, and then one other. And if we look just casually, it may not seem to fit that this final section concludes with several non-doctrinal chapters dealing with the church life. Unfortunately, people have been looking casually at Romans for a long time. But even many serious, earnest, scholarly students of Romans have not seen the crucial point of the book. Justification is marvelous, and sanctification, all these other shuns, are wonderful. But the basic point of Romans, we can put this way, God is transforming sinners into sons as the members of the body of Christ expressed in local churches. Since the thrust of the book of Romans is to have the body of Christ expressed in the actual and practical church life, it's not surprising in the least that what we may call doctrinal chapters should consummate in chapters devoted to the practical church life. Unlike Ephesians, which is written from the perspective of eternity, Romans is written from the perspective of fallen humankind in time. So something that's according to God's eternal purpose, as revealed in Ephesians, and also in Romans, must be carried out in time. So the issue of this work in space and time is 
the actual and practical church life as the expression of the body of Christ. To live this church life, we need the truths and the experiences articulated in all the foregoing chapters of Romans. But these truths and these experiences are not ends in themselves. Rather, they are for the body, and the body is expressed in the church life. And the church life definitely has practical, non-doctrinal points in its actual carrying out. These points, especially matters related to receiving one another as Christ has received us, deserve serious attention. Thank you, Ron, for that introduction today. I'm anxious to get to Witness Lee and our sharing from today's life study from Romans. Now we must pay our full attention to this matter of the church life. And this section starts in a very specific way. All of a sudden, the writer says, I beg you, brother, I beg you, I just beg you to take care of this. And I beg you to present your body, physically, bodily, practically. Then he goes on to the renewing of our mind, that we may have a full transformation in our soul. Our soul has to be fully transformed. Our soul needs a radical, essential, metabolic change in its nature as well as in its form. The whole soul, in other words, your whole being has to be changed for the church life. Not only so, your body has to be presented, your soul has to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Even your spirit has to be on fire, burned and burning. Then you are qualified. After this church life, or following this church life, or to accompany this church life, we need a proper Christian life. So, to the end of chapter 13, the church life is fully portrayed and fully defined. Everything is there. Now, there is a big need that we all have to exercise our good discernment for the receiving of the saints. If we are not clear how we have to receive the saints right away, we spoil, we kill, we damage, we cut into pieces the church life. In chapter 12, you have a proper body. In chapter 14, you have a warning. If you do not take care of this warning, you just pick up a knife to kill the body in chapter 12. Without chapter 14, you could never have the proper realization of the body in chapter 12. Sorry to say, many Christians today would pay their attention to chapter 12 but they will not pay their attention to chapter 14. They talk a lot about the body, but they are so doctrinally divided and so doctrinally dividing. They still hold on the doctrinal concept. So it is even impossible for them to have the body life in chapter 12. This is why after the first 13 chapters, 
before the closing of this book, Paul uses such a long portion to unveil to us the importance of this matter of receiving the believers. We have to do it according to God's receiving. We have to do it in the light of the coming judgment seed judgment. We have to do it in the governing principle of love. And we have to do it for the kingdom life. And eventually, we have to do it just according to the all-inclusive price. Ron, the strong exhortation in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, is followed later by a kind of warning in chapter 14 regarding our receiving of the believers. What is the connection between the receiving of the believers in chapter 14 and our entering into the real practice and experience of the body life or church life that's presented in the New Testament? One very good way to respond to this question is to be reminded afresh that there is one body, one organic entity, one organism called the body of Christ. The most crucial thing in living the body life is to keep the oneness of the spirit, which is the oneness of the body. If the oneness is lost, the church life is over, and the body life is finished as a practical reality. If the believers make issues of things not related to the faith and refuse to receive each other in Christ, there can be no church life. If people make issues over certain observances or dietary matters, there can be no church life. Ultimately, Romans brings us into something practical. You have the revelation of the body in chapter 12, but where is this body in practicality? It must be in churches that keep the oneness. If we're clear about this, it should be quite obvious why we need to practice the receiving of the believers. If we do not receive all whom God has received, we are being frankly, sectarian and divisive. And if we are, we may talk, we may write, we may preach, but we are not living the body life. So this is serious, not so much doctrinally, but it's serious as a practical reality. We need to have the assurance in the Lord's presence that every regenerated, redeemed one received by God, we also receive. We dare not reject whom God the Father has received. Thank you, Ron. Let's join Witness Lee for more of our life study. To receive the saints, we have to do it according to God's receiving. Whosoever God has received, we are forced to receive. We have no choice. Just like in his family, the parents have brought forth 18 children. A big family. Some good ones, some bad ones, some nice ones, some naughty ones. 
Uh, you say, I can like you, you're too ugly, and so Well, don't say this. Whether he's ugly or he's nice, it's not up to you. It's up to your parents. This simply means our Heavenly Father has brought forth so many peculiar, sinny Christians. God the Father has received all of them. So we have to receive them not according to our taste, not according to our legs or dislikes, but according to God's receiving. God has received them. You have to receive. But today, most of the receiving of the believers, it's not according to God's receiving, but according to doctrinal concept. Just for illustration, Say, you pick up this matter of baptism. How many different kinds of concepts? Some say you have to baptize people into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And some say, no, no, no. You have to baptize people into the name of Jesus Christ. Some say, no, 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 no. You have to say into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Probably some of you do know this. A lot of fighting, foreign fighting, division. There's no receiving. They all are born of the same Lord, so they all are the Lord, and all live to the Lord. Surely we need to read the verses. Now him who is weak in faith receive, not with a view to passing judgment and reasonings. One believes that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Whether you eat meat or you eat the vegetable makes no difference. As long as we all believe in the Lord Jesus. We have to be so liberal in all these things. I know this word liberal is not so good, but we have to learn to be liberal. This Apostle Paul, surely he knew the proper doctrine about Christian eating, no doubt. But here he didn't say a word. He didn't pass judgment on any kind of a argument. We ought to learn to be so liberal. We don't like to repeat the tragedy in Christianity history. So this is why we never will argue with people about head covering, about baptism, about the observing of days, about uh, the wine or the Jews. The Lord's recovery is not for this. The Lord's recovery is for Christ as life and the church as expression, expressed in every locality, in unity. Ron, we've seen several examples on the negative or how not to side regarding receiving and accepting believers in the church with a strong encouragement here not to repeat the tragedy of Christian history. But how do we reconcile all of this? 
in that if we practice this liberality that Witness Lee speaks of, don't we run the risk of having our practice in error? No, we don't, as long as we're clear what we're talking about. Only redeemed and born-again people are in the church. Only those who have the faith once for all given to the saints can be in the church. Only those who confess the truth concerning the person of Christ can be in the church. Concerning matters of the faith once for all delivered to the saints, we are not liberal. That is, we are not broader than God is broad. The problem is, believers tend not to be broad where God himself is broad, and they make issues out of what's your view of the rapture, what's your concept of the millennium, uh, when do you keep the Lord's day, or do you keep the Sabbath day, what is your mode of baptism, what kind of diet do you have, do you believe in the spiritual gifts? The failure to practice generality or liberality regarding secondary matters results in what we have around us today, thousands of divisions. Far from having error in practice, we are proper in practice if we receive the believers according to God's receiving. Now, if someone comes into our midst and denies that Jesus is the Son of God, we cannot receive him. That's Second John. If someone denies the fundamental elements of God's salvation or the faith, we cannot regard that one as our brother or sister. But to reject someone because of race or social class or doctrinal views on secondary matters or the keeping of days or their views on spiritual gifts, this is just plain wrong. So if we are clear concerning what is crucial and central regarding the faith and what is secondary regarding doctrine and practice, I believe we run no risk of error, but rather according to the mind of God revealed through the Apostles' writings in the Scriptures. Ron, the Apostle Paul gives us such a window into his own heart in the concluding chapters and portions of Romans regarding this very sweet and intimate church life. And I think it touches something in all of us that longs for that experience. Surely the things we're touching today is very directly related to our own door into this kind of church life experience, isn't it? The question is, are we going to practice what's here or not? We may talk about it and we may listen to it and be very impressed. But where is the practice of the church life according to the principles revealed here? We're not talking about ancient history. We're talking about principles that govern the relationships among believers in the kingdom of God. And God intends we actually and practically carry out these things. So we need not only a door, but we need a daily exercise to live in this practicality. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study.
always stay away from the different doctrinal concepts. As long as we all believe in the Lord, and we all live to Him, and as long as God the Father has received us all, so we have to receive one with another. Then the second point is deeper. We have to receive the saints in the light of the judgment seat. The judgment seat of God is the judgment seat of Christ. Before the millennium, immediately after Christ coming back, the judgment seat of Christ will be there. This judgment seat is to judge the believer's life and work. It has nothing to do with the believer's salvation. This judgment seat judgment is for the reward in the millennial kingdom. We, the believers, shall all stand before this judgment seat to give account to God of our life and of our work. Paul's idea is this, don't argue with others, take care of yourself. Someday you have to stand before the judgment seat of God to give a full account of your life and of your work after you got saved. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Paul's idea is this, don't judge others. Let the Lord take care of others. You have to take care of yourself. If you don't, be warned. Someday you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give a full account, not of others, but of yourself. This is why I say, in the light, of the judgments. We all have to be enlightened. Oh, here is a new believer coming to us. We are trying to receive him. By receiving him, we will exercise our judgment. But don't forget, you have to judge yourself more. You have to judge yourself more. Otherwise, you will stand before the judgment seat of God. You have to give a full account of what you are, of what you do, of your life, and of your work. Ron, from time to time we come to a matter in our life study that presents a thought that is so foreign or new to the vast majority of our Christian brothers and sisters that we really must take some time to adequately develop it. And today I think this is one of those points. The thought that we who are saved and absolutely eternally secure, will face Christ at his seat of judgment, is just not that common today, is it? It's not only not common, it's rarely discussed thoroughly and seriously. But here it is, significantly, in Romans 14. Paul gives a very direct word about not judging one another. And the Lord talked about this in Matthew, didn't he? He said, don't judge lest you be judged. Don't take that role of judging your brother or sister. In Romans 14, there's a development of this. Paul seems to be saying, do not judge one another. We will all appear before the judgment seat 
of God and render an account. We cannot discuss this thoroughly here, but suggest some lines of the revelation in the scripture. Our eternal salvation is by grace through faith. Once we have been born of God, we can never be unborn and lose our status as regenerated ones. But there is the matter of reward and or discipline. Not in eternity, not in heaven, but in the coming age. Every believer will appear before the judgment seat and render an account of his or her life and living before the Lord. And a major consideration at that time will be, how have you related to your fellow believers? Have you received them or did you judge them? I would urge the believers listening to this program to search the scriptures again without bias and consider what is said concerning our accountability to the Lord. We will appear before him, we will give an account to him, and he either will say, well done, or he will indicate, you cannot be rewarded. Rather, you must face discipline in the coming age. This is an unpopular truth. It is nevertheless a truth. This truth, however, is not a criterion of our accepting the believers in fellowship. This is an example of the very thing I was talking about. We clearly and emphatically expound the truth of the judgment of the believers concerning reward and punishment, and we urge our listeners to reconsider this. But even if you would not agree with our understanding of the Scriptures, you're still our fellow believer. God the Father has still received you. We welcome fellowship with you because we have the same faith, the same life, the same hope in the Lord's full salvation. Nevertheless, in faithfulness and in love, we have to point out the governmental side, the serious side of the Christian life and the church life. And this governmental side and this serious side is that God will ask us to give an account especially of how we have lived in the house of God. So may we consider this and receive this and open to the Lord concerning this, because perhaps very soon he will appear and we will appear before him. May we all be approved and rewarded in that day. Ron, thank you for your fellowship today. Thank you for listening today, and we look forward to having you back on our next Life Study of Romans with Witness Lee. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.